Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Pause. Welcome to Grape Top Church Online. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove. We are continuing our series, Scary Truths, Scary Truths, and this series has uh, been really exciting for me because I I personally love being blunt. Um, I like you know I like talking gracefully as well, but I really like talking about the elephants in the room. I like talking about really just truths that are not beating around the bush. And today we are going to be talking. Uh, our focal point is please excuse me. Please excuse me. And traditionally, I feel like what church has turned into in our American culture is really pandering to our emotions. We, we've really made church an emotional experience to where churches often prey on whatever emotional feeling we may have in our life, whether in our past or currently, and we, and we just poke at that, like we just beat it to death, and then just label it, label it with God. It, it's like, a, I've heard so many messages to where the preacher will start saying like, you should have been dead! You should have been dead, but God saved you! And so many people in the audience like, that is me! And it's like, all of you should have been dead? Like, really? You had a, like a crazy life experience? And given a lot of us uh, there are people that have had incredibly traumatic experiences, but what I'm getting at is that so often, after hearing a church message in our American culture, I think to myself, man, it sounds like if your life is just like, okay, then you don't really need God. You only really need God if you were like gone through some horrible things. And I, uh, of course that's not true. Because all of us need Jesus. But what I'm getting at is we have conditioned church messages to be emotional roller coasters that we just want people to ride and lock onto. And I think it's really unhealthy. Y'all feel what I'm saying? We have turned the church into emotional beings rather than spiritual beings. And in, in today's message, we're going to talk about a lot of hard truths. A lot of scary truths that we need to address because we need to wake up and take ownership of our faith, whether it's good or whether our life is good or bad. Y'all feel what I'm saying? Some of y'all look at me like, this is a horrible day to come to church. <laughs> so the first thing that I want us to talk about is I thought I was. I thought I was. And I want to be very clear in this message. In no way am I trying to suggest that nobody has gone through anything. I think more so what I'm saying is that everybody has gone through something. And there's cases where some traumatically more than others and others simply not. Not everyone is an underdog or survivor, but everyone is valuable. Not everyone is an underdog or a survivor but everyone is valuable. In our culture, we really 
fantasize about being the underdog. And if you don't know, the, the philosopher Plato, uh, he, he mentions in his, uh, I believe it's in his, in his dialogues, that theater is one of the most dangerous things to human society because it makes people feel emotions that they haven't really experienced. What he's saying is you can watch a movie and cry even though nothing's happened to you. You can feel strongly towards a certain idea without anything changing in your life simply because you watched it portrayed in a theater play, in a movie, in a show. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And nearly every show, every movie, even every documentary is, is really pushing an ideology on us. It is trying to make you believe something. And because we like entertainment in America, we, we love entertainment, we often stop recognizing what is really being taught to us. And the underdog scenario, I'm not saying that's unhealthy to be uh, this underdog scenario, but if you look at our culture, the underdog is just like who we always want to be. When you go all the way back to Rocky, look at uh, every James, uh, James Bond movie, you find out he's an orphan, he's an underdog, Harry Potter. Or it, we always see the tragic childhood, a tragic childhood, something traumatic happening and rising above it. The idea of the phoenix, like from the ashes, new life is born. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we have, we have become so obsessed with the idea of being the underdog that we desire to be the underdog so much that it often creates a false perception of ourselves in which we create tragedies and traumas out of ordinary bummers and setbacks. Don't get me wrong. There are, we, we do go through real traumas. We do go through real setbacks. But what I'm trying to project is that there are times where we over-dramatize an ordinary situation. Y'all feel what I'm saying? I'll give an example of something I, I saw recently. I was reading this uh, blog, if you will, of a pastor that was coming out with a new book. And I knew this pastor actually personally. And the ministry that he was previously associated with has been coming under a lot of scrutiny because of verbal abuse <laughs> and physical abuse and like just not looking good. Like it could be a document, a HBO documentary. It's like a lot of bad things happen with the ministry he was once associated with. And so within this, this blog, he was one, announcing a new book, and two, uh, giving his story of, of being involved with a church that, that took everything out of him and uh, you know yada yada and how it, it was so hard for him to leave and, and step out of faith because he didn't blah 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 for me I, I took it with a grain of salt because I was like dog you were like the worst one there <laughs> you gave most of the abuse <laughs> and and the things that he began to say to try to over dramatize his story is what stood out to me 
He started off with his childhood saying, I survived a divorce when, as a child, and, and this, that, and that, and, but found God as the light. And I had to take a step back of like, survive divorce? That's, that's the most common scenario for every child in America. The, you don't see all these kids saying, I survived divorce. It's, it's more traumatic for others, yes, but he's taking something so common and making it like it was a specific, traumatic, devastating experience. Divorce is deadly, yeah, it can be very traumatic, but it is something so common that he, he was using the term survivor as if he was, had experienced real trauma, like being molested or uh, almost dying. Like, what did you really survive from? And I know I'm being really curt in the way that I'm talking about this, but I've heard so many times Christians over-dramatize their story in order to just simply make it more dramatic, to make it seem like they're really overcomers. I've heard a, a Christian one time say, I feel like I've just been developing an orphan spirit because my parents moved away. And I was like, okay, dog, well, I actually know some orphans, and I think they would disagree with you. <laughs> you might be feeling lonely, but you do not have an orphan spirit. That's not even real. It, I'm getting that our church culture has played on our emotions so much to where we think we're being spiritual when we over-dramatize ourselves. We think we're being vulnerable when we're simply making a, a mountain out of a molehill. Y'all feel what I'm saying? Life is incredibly hard. Life is hard. And every little bummer that we experience, every hardship that we experience, we should not play it up and make it a more exaggerated experience um, in order to fulfill this mindset of being an underdog or a survivor because you're still valuable without a traumatic experience you're valuable if you've had a traumatic experience i want to share this verse with you guys in romans 12 1 3 it says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to god which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to having sound judgment as God has allotted to each measure of faith. The reason I wanted to share this verse is for two big highlighted points. One, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our world is, is truly conditioning, especially with the way social media is. Everyone wants to have a story. Everyone wants to put something out there. And it... It, what it boils down to is, uh, I'm not saying that we're craving attention, but what more so, I believe that what we're really searching for is a type of validation. We want validation by the things that we've experienced. We want to we be proven, we want to be seen as valuable. 
within ourselves. And we crave overcoming experiences in order to make us feel more important in the world. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And I really believe that that's why, if you've ever heard anybody talk about, if anyone that believes in like past lives, um, I, I had someone talking to me about uh, this like hypnosis process and how this they, they did hypnosis on somebody and found out that they had this, they're trying to find out where this cough came from. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being serious. And in the process of hypnosis to, to see what was happening in their life, they found out that they actually had a past life where they were in the Amazon and, and they had, uh, were in some type of fire and that their past life was like kind of like uh, being merged in their current life and that's where this cough came from. And by the end of the hypnosis treatment, the cough was gone. And I was like, dang, like, are you sure they didn't get a lozenge or something? Like, <laughs> and see, that's everyone that, that believes you have a past life, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. I do not believe in past lives. I believe that, uh, I really believe that this is the life that we got. What, the, what I find interesting is that everyone, everyone who believes in a past life often has a past life that's more interesting than their current life. It's always more interesting their, than their current life. And I believe it's because of this very reason we desire to be important. We desire to be valuable. We desire to be validated. And that's why we love the story. That's why we love the story. Even among Christians, I remember, uh, especially when I first gave my life to Christ, even now, I love asking people how they gave their life to Christ. I find it interesting, even if someone, whether someone w uh, was raised in church their entire life, or whether uh, they had this like solemn Damascus moment uh, where their whole life turned around, I find it interesting. I like to see it and hear it because Jesus is glorified every time. Whenever people have a seemingly ordinary story, I notice that they often feel almost embarrassed sharing it. Well, you know, I didn't have like a crazy story. I just grew up in church, and I always, you know, just one day in kids' church, I, I said the prayer, and I've been a Christian ever since. And they almost feel embarrassed sharing that, as if it, it should be more beefy, it should be more dramatic. And I have to assure them, like, hey, you were still going to go to hell before that, so don't worry. <laughs> you were going to go to hell as a kid, the way that you were acting, probably. You needed Jesus. Uh, not saying that children go to hell, okay? I, let me back up. <laughs> they still needed Jesus regardless of whatever they did in their life. And so the, it didn't matter if they had this crazy dramatic story or whether it was a seemingly ordinary story. It's like getting two dead bodies next to each other and saying, this one died three hours ago and this one died three minutes ago. W which one's deader? It doesn't matter. They're both dead. There's not a level of deafness. And that's what it's like when we give our lives to Christ. It, it doesn't, uh, our testimonies are valuable, yes, but it doesn't validate you or discredit you, whatever your story is. We don't have to, we don't have to exaggerate. We don't have to over-emotionalize our lives for any type of validation. You are valuable. You are important. You are a child of God. 
we, we do not have to per, uh, be an underdog. We do not have to be a survivor. If you are, God bless you. That's amazing. That's great. But you are still valuable whether you went through that or not. Y'all feel what I'm saying? I, I really believe that we, we as a church, like I keep saying, we as a church, we need to stop playing on people's emotions. Because at the end of the day, the reason I'm, I'm most against it is because it, is, it does not pr- produce lasting salvation. Because our emotions change. The perfect example, look at yourself in high school compared to now. You're emotionally different. Look at yourself, if you're in your 30s, look at yourself in your 20s. Are you not incredibly different than you used to be? The way you see the world, the way that you think. Lucy's like, well... What I'm getting at is that our emotions are flipping. We, our emotions change from day to day. And I've seen so many people that gave their lives to Christ out of that emotional pulling, that over-dramatization of people's emotions. And then even if it's years later, those emo- maybe there were heavy emotions that carried for a couple years, there just comes to a point where... You don't feel that bad anymore. You look back and you're like, it wasn't really that big of a deal. It, it's like when you're in high school and you have your first breakup, it feels like the end of the world. But when you're older, you're like, it wasn't that big of a deal. And so if you give your life to Christ based off of that singular emotional experience and you played it up so much, the moment that you start looking logically at that emotional episode, you're going to realize, well, this whole God thing is a lie. People do it in their marriages all the time. They, they look at the, the emotions they felt at the beginning, and once, they, once life flattens out and you, it gets seemingly boring for a minute, you look at the beginning emotional experience like, I was just dumb. I, I, just, I thought I was in love, but I was just emotional. This isn't real. And it's just not healthy to make such strong decisions in our faith based on simply our emotions. Jesus said, count the cost before giving your life to Christ. Literally said, count the cost. Like, think about it. Don't just make an emotional decision. So, with that being said, on on the end of this note, I really want to overemphasize that if you have been the victim of a traumatic experience, you're a survivor of a traumatic experience, you are still valuable and full of purpose no matter what happens to you. God sees you in your heartache and He will trade those ashes for something beautiful. God restores and redeems traumatic experiences. And so again, on this point, in no way am I trying to downplay real traumatic experiences. All I'm simply projecting is that we as a church have over-dramatized normal bummers and setbacks and made everybody an underdog, made everybody a victim, everybody a survivor, when it's simply not true. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Scary truths, I know. 
Now, our next point is it's different for me. It's different for me. The only person who believes your excuses is you. Oh my God. <laughs> Where's the Neosporin? I'm like, this is a brutal day today. The only person who believes your excuses is you. Hey, I'm talking about me also. This is a universal excuse-giving seminar, okay? Those times where you call, you're calling work and you're like, I'm stuck in traffic. <laughs> it, it's really because of this, that, and the other. And we give all these reasons of why. And at the end of the day, our bosses don't really believe us. It's just another excuse to them. And we're like, no, it's, it's different this time. It's different for me. But the minute another coworker calls in and you're there on time, <laughs> they're late again. <laughs> That's the third time this month. See, for them, it's just an excuse. They're the only ones believing it, but it's different for me. Y'all get what I'm saying? Let me share this verse in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 12 through 15, it says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining or arguments, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent. Children of God, above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. The reason I want to share this verse is because we make ourselves so important that we excuse ourselves from ordinary expectations. But in reality, we are simply acting immature by avoiding responsibilities because we don't feel like it right now. But this is a, I know this isn't the traditional motivational message that we're all hoping for. But even in this verse, when I'm saying this part where it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, the reason I wanted to share this is not to make anybody think that if they're not perfect, they're going to hell. That's not what this verse is saying. This verse is really saying grow up. This verse is really saying be an adult and be responsible for your own salvation. Notice how the, the emphasis on your own. It's personal. And we, again, are brought up in our American cult, church culture to be coddled by the church and the pastor. And that's why we have to really tear down these ideologies that we have set up. We, we make ourselves we make ourselves excuses and it's different for me because I really struggle with this and I really struggle with that. We all have struggles and it's, it's, it's true. We all have struggles. But we have gone so much far beyond that to where everything, everything is a struggle for it to be an excuse for something. Life is really hard. Life is hard. And I will say it is harder for some people than more than others. That's true. 
But being an adult is hard. Our, we're a generation of millennials. All of us are millennials. Okay? And our generation is what started the, the phrase late adulting. To where even when we do get our own place, some of us still have... Uh, our millennials are known for being able to, once they do start adulting, they only do it in steps. So for example, someone can get their own place, but mom is still paying the car insurance. It's like we, we don't... Our Generation X and before us is like diving into adulthood. Ours is one step at a time. And what I'm getting at is that being an adult is hard. It's a life, but if you notice, it's a life thing that we all have to go through. It, it's like when, if you've ever uh, had a baby before, your first baby, it's like, oh, they haven't rolled over yet. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, I really want them to roll over. It's like little baby like uh, uh, levels that you want them to experience. And I remember one time someone, we, we were really worried about Joy because she hadn't rolled over on her own yet. And she was like so many months. And someone said, well, you know, um, maybe just she might be crying a little bit, but leave her there on the floor. But at the end of the day, I haven't really met an adult that hasn't rolled over yet. So I think she'll be okay. <laughs> and what I'm saying is that we all have to roll over sometime. We all have to become adults. And... Being a mature adult is even harder. But everyone lives on this planet. We all live on the planet Earth. I know, it sucks, right? It's, it's, we look at Mars and how there's no water there, no air, and we're just like, oh, if only I could be on Mars. <laughs> we fantasize about being in other universes when we can't even handle this one. <laughs> but we all live on this planet and this is, this is the next big like epiphany for us. This is a revelation of God. We all have 24 hours in a day. What? We all have 24 hours in a day. And everyone has exceptionally bad days. Everyone has exceptionally bad days. Everyone feels tired and apathetic at times. This should be encouraging for you guys. You're not the only one. We, we all feel tired. We all feel apathetic. We all feel like not doing it. Y'all dig what I'm saying? This should be encouraging that we can, we can throw off the shackles of feeling like it's, it's just me. No, we're all feeling that. Everyone wants to cancel their plans an hour before at some point. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Some more than others. But we all want to cancel plans an hour before, at some point. But since we all go through these things, again, granted, some more than others in different seasons of their life, you, you might feel even more tired and apathetic when you, when you get kids. You might feel more tired and apathetic if, you're, if you just started going to school. You, you will feel different times, uh, more or less at different seasons in your life. But we should throw off the special excuses we make in order to put on basic faith responsibilities. We should stop trying to use these special excuses we make when it comes to 
putting off basic faith responsibilities. Work out your own salvation without complaining should push us to put on our big boy and girl underpants and be responsible for our faith. And I'm saying this because some aspects of our faith is not whether we like it or not. It, there's just some aspects of our faith where it's just not about whether we like to or not. It's just about simply doing it because we should. To be clear, I'm not saying things that I, I'm not saying that things don't ever come up. I'm not trying to project the idea that we're supposed to be perfect. Things will always come up, and and we won't. Uh, we it is really incredibly hard to just be consistent. Forever. We're going to have hang-ups and hiccups sometimes. What I'm trying to project is that we need to break out of the cycle to where we have believed that it's just different for me. We've adopted the, the hang-ups and hiccups as our life rather than just like things coming up. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Every growing, mature Christian... I want to emphasize a couple things. Every growing, meaning that you are growing in your faith, and mature Christian. Mature meaning you, you're not just getting started. You, you've known God for a while, and you're trying to grow your faith. Y'all feel me? Not If you're just getting started, I'm not trying to put these, these big expectations. I'm talking about growing, mature Christians. Should go to church. I know. Why? Go to church. Pray. Read the Bible. Here's a big one that you, you won't hear commonly. Even fast. Be public with their faith. And be in community with other Christians. The reason I'm sharing these specific things is not to give steps or extra commandments. I'm not trying to make it complicated in our faith. I really believe that to, in order to have authentic salvation, you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So, and when, we, when The word repent means change direction. It means that we're just walking in His direction. It doesn't mean that we're perfect instantly. It just means that we are trying to change our lives to follow after God. And these things that I'm describing are things to supplement that salvation. Things to grow that salvation and that faith within you. You are not, I'm not trying to di disqualify anybody's faith. I'm not disqualifying anyone's walk with God. I'm simply saying that there's a time where we are baby Christians and a time that we grow into mature Christians. And that, that transition requires these kinds of actions in our life. Y'all feel what I'm saying? And the reason I, I want to sh share one more time, every, every Christian that's trying to grow, transition from baby to mature, should go to church. It, there is just something that is powerful and special about being around other Christians. That just being around each other, it feeds our spirit. It, it just makes us, even just being around other Christians will make us feel closer to God. It's simply that. There's so much, uh, there's so much 
prophetic meaning behind just, just going to church. But even just like brass tacks basic, it shows a level of, of devotion in your life to God. It truly does. I, I'm really into fitness. I, you, you could say I have a devotion to my health. I work out just four times a week and like I want to. I want to because I want to grow my health. I want to uh, develop my health in a positive way. And so I go to my gym. I go to work out because I'm devoted to it. Church is, is very similar to that concept. It's something that we go to because we're devoted to it. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Again, I'm not saying you miss a Sunday that you're, you're no longer a mature Christian. I'm saying that this is like what we're working towards as we grow in our faith. We should pray. It, it's, I'm not saying that we need to have hour-long prayer sessions. I'm not saying that we need to uh, do a 12-hour-long prayer event. What I'm saying is we should strive to make a practice of prayer in our lives. It, it doesn't have to be serious prayers where we pray for real big things all the time. It can be simple prayers. Read the Bible. Know what's in it. You don't even have to go through a, read the Bible once every year. Just have a continuation of reading it in your life. Fasting is one of the most powerful things that, that helps remind our flesh that we are spiritual beings. Being public with our faith. These are powerful, powerful testimonies that we each have that we often are silent about. And being in community with other Christians. Th this is one of the most neglected parts of our faith. Because we like to isolate and be to ourselves. And we feel uncomfortable. We feel like we're going to be judged. Like we're not going to fit in. If we associate or be in community with our fellow Christians. Our fellow church members. But truly... When we are in fellowship with one another, when we are in community with one another, it's how we grow in Christ. It's, it's, it's how we are able to sharpen each other, realize that we can lean on each other, because, again, life is hard. And if we don't have any brothers or sisters in Christ to lean on and to pray for us when life gets hard, how much harder will it be? We, we, we're making life unnecessarily harder by being out of community with each other. Y'all dig that? So now, let's go to our last point, which is let's rid ourselves. Let's rid ourselves. <laughs> Y'all just look at me like, the freak did I go into today? <laughs> this isn't Homer. This isn't like him. <laughs> let's rid ourselves. Sacrifice is a part of our calling that we have to stop avoiding. Sacrifice is a part of our calling that we have to stop avoiding. Our calling is simple. Less of me and more of Jesus. That, it's so simple. Less of me and more of Jesus. Sacrifice is our calling. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily. Yet we make excuses to not even get out of bed on Sunday. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm talking in a general sense. We have made sacrifice absent from our Christian culture in America. And 
the reason I am projecting this and talking about this is because it breaks my heart to see people come to Christ and never fully being able to embrace Christ in their lives. To come to Christ, to try to see what this whole God thing is like, but never really get to grow in their faith because we make it so emotional and not spiritual. And I want to read this verse in Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking only at Jesus, the original, originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, in this verse, we mainly focus on the part that says throwing off sin. We focus so much on sin, which, yeah, like we should throw off sin in our lives. But that's like, I feel like that is a really simple journey. It's not something that's like, oh, I throw off all sin and now I never have to worry about it again. We're always going to be tempted the rest of our lives. So it's, it's more so just a journey that we're walking towards. We may slip up, but we just get back up. It's not a, a, what I'm trying to get at is that we don't need to over-focus on sin. What I want us to see is that it, he first says every obstacle. Every obstacle. And these obstacles in our lives is what we usually ignore. And these obstacles in our lives and in our character that are tripping us up over and over. It may even take some grit, but we really need to throw off these obstacles in our characters, in our habits, in our lives, and grow up in our faith. And there is a great blessing for choosing to become responsible in your faith. Again, I'm not talking about basic salvation. And when I say basic, I mean the simplicity of it. Salvation is incredibly simple. It is so simple. Jesus is the qualifier. What I'm talking about is growing in your faith. Growing in your faith. And we need to become responsible in growing in our faith. If, if you want to experience God's peace and power in your life, we need to grow up and rid ourselves of the things that are in the way. You're not the only one that has things in your life. All of us, myself included, we all have things that become obstacles in our lives. Habits in our lives. All of us. But instead of avoiding it and ignoring it, I want us to remind ourselves that Jesus calls, ourselves, calls us to pick up our cross daily. And... Instead of, uh, even when, if you were to hear this right now and you start thinking like, oh man, I have all these obstacles, I have, I'm a mess of a person. Don't wallow in that idea because we're all a mess. We're all a mess. Every single one of us. We, me and my wife, we, we got here at 9.53 today. We're supposed to be here at 10 to set up everything. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're early. Like, <laughs> can you believe it? Like, take a picture. <laughs> we made it here on time with the kids and everything. Oh my gosh. We're the first ones here. It's an, it an amazing feeling. 
Last week is like 10, 10, 10. We're texting everyone like we're on the way. <laughs> but I'm saying we all have obstacles. We all go through things in our lives. Let's stop avoiding things that we need to sacrifice, things that we need to put some grit to and grow up in. Jesus endured the cross as an example for us to follow when we have to go through things that are hard. Jesus endured the cross. It says that we should look to him as an, our example when it comes to feeling like the Holy Spirit is, is telling you something to, to change or sacrifice. That we should look at him as an example to perfect our faith. It's not about how good we can be. We're calling out to Christ and saying, help me. You may even, I, I want to even say this. We really need to look to Jesus and search him, search for him in our lives again. We have made Christianity so much about simply being saved from hell that we have forgot the intimacy of Jesus that we're supposed to find. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Every other religion says these practices are the way. These teachings are, are the truth. This path is the life. Jesus is the only one that says he embodies the way, the truth, and the life. And so I, I really am saying let us refocus our minds and our hearts on simply Jesus. Don't worry. Don't Those thoughts that you're getting like, am I even saved? Am I being good enough? Am I? Get those thoughts out of your head. And just simply say, I want to find Jesus in my life more. I want to find Jesus in my life more. I want to know him more. That's really what this whole message is about. And as, as many ideas that I have portrayed in this message of becoming mature in our faith, it could be really summed up in this simple idea of getting closer to Jesus, no matter what it looks like. Getting closer to Jesus, no matter what it looks like. And I would even project that if you really want to take this serious today, and, and you feel like the Holy Spirit is ministering to you about just really having like almost a hard reset in your faith, you may even want to consider doing just a three-day fast. Not because that will earn you anything, but fasting, it's, it really helps reset our minds and understanding that we are spiritual beings, not flesh beings. That we are eternal beings, not earthly beings. And it really just helps remind us and, and uh, emphasize God's Holy Spirit being connected to our spirit. And... And if you decide to do that, it's so simple. It's so simple. It can be done in, a, in very unique ways. But have your mind just, just really set on it. I want to do a fast to really just focus on Jesus. I want to refocus on my Savior. I want to refocus on my Creator, my Redeemer. Don't get discouraged because God is with you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And Jesus is working for you. In no way in this message am I trying to, to make anyone feel condemned, ashamed, judged. What, I, what I'm trying to get at is that let us just throw off the emotional 
appeal that we've made church and say, man, I want to take my faith serious. I want to really grow as a spiritual person in my faith and grow closer to Jesus. That's the epitome of this whole message. And so I want us to all take a moment to close our eyes and bow our heads. And I want to say a couple things. As, you, as we're having a moment of reverence, if you're there at your seat and you're having self-condemning thoughts, if you're even having guilty thoughts, and you're feeling shame, I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. That is not God speaking to you. That, that is either the enemy or, or insecurities. That is not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is, wants to bring you closer. And those thoughts only make you feel more distant. Recognize that right now. That you, have, you do not have anything that you need to be ashamed of in this moment. You came here today. You are listening today because you want to grow closer to God. You are doing a good job. This message is about growing closer and closer. You're on the right track. So don't for a second believe that you're not. As a lie from hell. Now if you're here today and you feel like the Holy Spirit is just ministering to you and the biggest thing that is being pressed on your heart is really having a reconnection moment with Jesus and that, that, that idea of simple salvation that I was talking about, that's what's just highlighted to you in this whole message. And you're just thinking, man, I, I really need this simple salvation. I've never really made this choice of Jesus being my Savior in my life. I've never crossed that threshold. I've just been going through the motions this whole time of what I thought was being good, but I've never really just made the simple choice to follow after Jesus. If that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. If that was you, I want you to just pray to God right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans that all you have to do to be saved is talk to Jesus with an authentic heart. Acknowledge what He did on the cross and acknowledge who He is and His, Him being the Son of God that died on the cross and rose from the dead. Acknowledge this, this offering He gives and surely you shall be saved. It is so incredibly simple. The word repent means to change direction. It's not this evil, condemning word. It just means I'm changing direction in my life. And I want to, get, I want to change direction to where I am pursuing Jesus. So if that's you, I want you to have your own conversation with God today. Because it is your faith. And you, you truly don't need me to talk to Jesus. You can talk to him yourself because he loves you. He knows you. He understands you. And he is fighting for you, not against you. And so have that conversation with him. And if you're here today and you feel like a lot of what we talked about today has just been like God really speaking to you. Maybe you've even been feeling some of these things throughout the week and you feel like this was just confirming that God is just calling you to more mature steps in your faith. Again, this is in no way should you feel condemned or ashamed. You are growing in Christ. 
And God is encouraging you to do that. If that's you and you feel like the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. So God, right now I pray for your Holy Spirit to solidify what it's already saying, that you, you would empower and encourage, that your Holy Spirit would give a confidence in your work being done in them. And I pray, Lord, that you would give a joy of your salvation right now in this moment. That you cause people to feel your peace, your power in their lives, and that they would begin to see even this week a, a true and tangible difference in their, their lives as they're making big steps forward in growing their faith. They're pursuing you. And so I pray that you just answer this, this, this gesture with your presence and your power in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. In the same, the same atmosphere of reverence, we're going to go into a time of worship, and Carolyn's going to lead us again. Um, and before we do, I'm going to just sign off online. Thank you guys for being a part. We love y'all so much. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good life. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.